Hello and good morning to you, my beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord. Of course, it's your brother, Pastor Chida Jacob, here this morning to serve you today's episode of our ongoing Everyday Fellowship with the Word. Let us pray. Holy Father, we thank you this morning. What a privilege it is to know that indeed and in reality you are our Father. Thank you for your heart of love towards us. Thank you for your love that is eternal. Thank you for the love that heals and restores us. Thank you for your love that keeps our heart at peace, knowing that we have eternal peace with you. Thank you for clothing us with your own righteousness that has given us equal standing with you, that has given us access to stand in you and to stand with you. Thank you, precious Father, for your wisdom that is guiding us. And thank you for the gift of the world that is opening up our eyes. Thank you for guiding us. Thank you for watching over us. Thank you for protecting us. We give you all of the praise and all of the glory. We exalt you. We magnify you. We are indeed grateful. And this morning, we receive this word with joy in our heart, knowing that it will continue to build us up and to bring us to where you have always wanted us to be, to bring us to your to the true nature you had in mind when you created us. We are open to hear from you this morning, Holy Spirit, as you instruct us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you in all things. And everyone who prayed with me this morning will say, Amen and Amen and Amen. Welcome. You know what we do on Saturday? We try to recap or to revisit some, most of the messages of the week. And we wrapped up yesterday by reminding you that you are, that that statement that says, you are what you eat is true. It is true biologically. It is true emotionally. It is true spiritually. What you eat forms your body. What you eat is what fills your cells. It's what fills your body. And also what you eat in the way of knowledge is what molds your spirit. Isn't it amazing that Concerning Adam and Eve in the book of Genesis, the Bible said they ate, even though they did not eat something physically, but that phrase was used to explain what happens when a man receives a knowledge. They ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, meaning that they welcomed, they received, they opened their heart and accepted the knowledge of good and evil. And that knowledge, even though it did not kill them instantly, eventually led to death. Don't forget what God said to them. The day you shall eat of this tree, you shall die. And the correct translation is, in dying, you shall die. That means you will begin to die and eventually you will die. And when they welcome that knowledge, it produced death. Spiritual death, emotional death, and then eventually physical death. Today, so don't forget, it was knowledge that corrupted man. That the knowledge of lie. 
now it is the knowledge of truth that will redeem man. That is why Jesus says you will know, you will receive, you will eat the truth and the truth will set you free. Notice also the same pattern. When you start to eat of this truth, everything may not change immediately. But don't forget that you, are, you have started a journey that is rebuilding you from inside. Ladies and gentlemen, brother and sister, let me tell you something. Once there is joy in your heart, once there is hope in your heart, once there is peace, the peace of God in your heart, you've, you've, you've started a journey to be completely redeemed. I've told you over and over again that the work of God is to fix us from within. Once there is no condemnation in our spirit, there's no fear, there's no anxiety. You are full of the joy of the Holy Ghost. You are full of peace. You are full of the, the, your consciousness is centered on the truth that you are righteous. Then the work has begun. Don't, don't forget in the same way man ate the knowledge of good and evil and it eventually landed in death, so also as we continue to eat the knowledge of life, it will continue to produce life, both in our physical bodies, both in everything that we do. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Don't forget, you are what you eat. If you sit down somewhere and somebody is telling you how God is angry at you, how you have failed God, how you have done this wrong, how you have done that wrong, behold, you have been fed with condemnation and judgment and it will tell in your mind, it will tell in your emotions, it will tell in your experience and it will tell in your physical body. Redemption comes by truth. Don't forget. Man fell by lies. Man is lifted up by the truth. Wouldn't it make sense now why Jesus say, I am that way, I am the truth, and then I am life. Now, let me go back further uh, to this past week. I was trying to remind you of something. Brothers and sisters, just listen to me carefully. It doesn't matter what anybody says, but the scripture is true. If you notice, like I did mention, every time God has tried to reach man, he has reached man through man. Every time God has tried to reach man. Let me give you an example. In the book of Acts of Apostles chapter 10, there was a man called Cornelius who was not a Jew. He was a Gentile. And that story is important because it makes us to understand that there were people who were outside of Jewish race who were worshipping God. Cornelius is an example, right? Now, this man was worshipping God. The Bible says he's a devout man. The Bible says he's a man who prayed. He gave arms, right? To the point that his works had come up as a memorial before God. Now, but how did God help him? What did God do for him? You know what God did? God sent Apostle Peter, a man, to go and speak to him the gospel. Apostle Peter, God gave Apostle Peter a revelation and gave the man a revelation. Why? To bring them together in one place. Every time God has appeared to man, he has appeared to man through another man. Don't forget, before Jesus came, the prophets declared that there will be a, a, a forerunner who will come and proclaim about the coming of Jesus. Who was that? 
it was John the Baptist. Amen. Throughout the prophets, throughout the law, when God wanted to deliver the Israelite, uh, Israelite from Egypt, he sent them a man. He sent them Moses. When they fell in the wilderness, he sent them another man, Joshua. When God wanted to guide the nation of Israel, he sent them prophet. Those prophets were human beings. The difference between these people is that they had the spirit of God. And finally, thousands of years they were preaching, expecting, hoping for a Messiah to come. Thousands of years. When he came, he came in a man called Jesus Christ. In a man, don't forget. And that is why they did not believe him. If he came, I've said this many times, he came with two, he had two heads, he had 14 hands, and then he drinks human blood for food and said he's God. Did you know that many people would have believed him as God? But that would be a monster because that's not what God looks like. The Bible tells us the only ones that are made in the image and likeness of God is a man. Why am I saying this over and over again? We are expecting that Jesus is coming back. And Man Zion themes have given us this different kind of interpretation. We have read the Bible and we read the Bible literally. Just like the Jews were expecting their Messiah for a thousand years, but when he came, they did not recognize him. Now, what I'm trying to show you, do we, do I believe that Jesus is coming? Hundred percent, I believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ. The question is, how is he going to come? That is the question. How is he going to come? That is the question. Don't forget. That is the question. I believe because otherwise, if Jesus not come, then the earth will remain as it is. No, the kingdom of God is coming. The question is, how will it come? In what manner, in what shape will it come? And I read a couple of scriptures within the week again to try to answer this question. The book of Luke, I think chapter 17, they went to Jesus. The religious leaders went to Jesus to ask him, how will the kingdom come? When will the kingdom come? When will the kingdom be established? Jesus began to explain to them saying, don't forget the kingdom of God, number one, is not by observing rules. Why did he say that? Because just like they taught us, they taught them that time that the kingdom of God is something you enter into after you have kept all the rules, after you have done all the good, stay away from the bad, you did perfectly, your work is perfect, your life is perfect, your everything you do is perfect. After you have observed all the rules, then you can qualify to enter the kingdom. Jesus said, no, it's not true. He told them right there, the kingdom of God is not by keeping laws or observing rules. He went on to say, neither is the kingdom of God in a place. They say, well, look at it. It has come there. It has come there. He said, it's not something that you can observe in a place. And then he went on the third one. He said to them, it is also not by observing signs. And today, Christians have been taught to wait for signs. So when they see an earthquake, they say, well, that is a sign that Jesus is coming. 
or when they hear, when they see a man marry a man, they say, well, the world is rotten. That is a sign that Jesus is coming. Don't forget, signs are for unbelievers. Don't forget. I want to repeat this again and again. Signs are for unbelievers. Why? Because they don't have an inner witness. They don't have God in them. So they have to realize, don't forget, sign is something your five senses can relate to. So what did Jesus say to them? Jesus said to them, the kingdom of God is expanding. He said, in fact, the old translation said, the kingdom is in you. And it turns around, the TPT now says, the kingdom of God is expanding in some of you. What is that? When our, when our eyes begin to open, our heart begin to open, we begin to understand and Christ comes into our heart. The kingdom has come into us. And the more we believe Christ, the more the kingdom is expanding into, in us. And the more the kingdom expands in us, that which is in us, we begin to control our environment. That means through us, the love of God will become tangible to humanity. Through us, the kindness of God is no longer a poem, is no longer a song. Today, people write songs about the kindness of God, about the mercies of God, but they don't experience it. But through you and I, God working in us, that which they have sung as song becomes their everyday reality. Then the kingdom of God has come. Remember I told you, whatever God has done, he has done through man. And I went on further this week to prove that point to you by asking you the question, why did Jesus preferred to call himself the son of man? In the, in the gospels, Jesus used that phrase about 80 times, calling himself the son of man, not even the son of God. Jesus called himself more son of man than he called himself son of God. And I explained to you the phrase itself, son of man, simply means son of Adam. But you know that Jesus was not the son of Adam. But he was using that phrase to show his humanity. That he's 100% man and 100% God. And I keep asking you, why is it that God must appear through man? Because man is the closest way we can relate to God. Man, God that is in man. Listen to me carefully. God that is a man. If possibly now, let us say that a mountain begins to shake. And smoke and thunder starts to come out of that mountain. What it will show you is a sign. What it will make you is to tremble. But for you to experience the tangibility of God, it cannot come from a mountain on a, in a smoke. It has to come through a man because love can be, can be expressed through man. Kindness can be expressed through man. Mercy can be expressed through man. It is through the mouth of man that gospel is preached. The kingdom of God is preached through the mouth of man because man, as I'm sitting here now, full with the spirit of God, but have the body of a man, I can speak in the language you can understand. If a donkey was talking to you, you'll be more shocked than you'll be able to understand. Beloved brothers and sisters, Jesus was calling himself the son of man to show his humanity that he is a man. He is God in a man. He kept calling himself the son of man. And this week I read to you where Jesus was talking about his coming. 
he kept calling himself the son of man. He said, the days of the son of man. That means the days when God becomes man. The days when God will appear as man. The days when God will reveal himself in man and through man. I need you to hold this strong to your heart. I know that some of these teachings might be very hard for those who, of course, all your life you've been You've been, you've been trained to look for God that will jump down from the skies. You've been trained to worship a God that you prefer to worship in mystery on a mountain. You've been trained to expect that if it is God, it must be mysterious. Sir, the greatest mystery is that God became a man. That is the greatest mystery. The greatest mystery of heaven. The greatest mystery is how God can become a man, a man that has two hands, two heads, a man that can be tired, a man that can have to use the restroom, a man that needs water to shower. But then in that man, the God of heaven and earth lives. Sir, that is the greatest mystery. And that is the mystery God is revealing to you and I so that he is real to us. He is tangible to us. Don't forget, in case what I have said is not good enough, the, through this week, or I think last week, I also pointed the same truth uh, in John chapter number 4, when Jesus encountered that woman by the well. When Jesus encountered that woman by the well. John chapter 4. What did Jesus say to her? The woman said, well, why is it that your people, the Jews, said that God must be worshipped in Jerusalem? Now, the woman was talking to Jesus about denominations. The denomination of the Jews say that the only place to worship God, the authentic only place to worship God is in Jerusalem. If you don't worship in Jerusalem, you are not worshipping God. Then the Samaritans say, well, our fathers believe that God must be worshipped in this mountain. Again, that is the mountain church. Well, if you don't go to this mountain, you have not reached God. What did Jesus say? Number one, Jesus said to her, you are worshipping God. Notice what Jesus, Jesus said. Even though you are worshipping God, but you are worshipping a God you don't know. And Jesus said to her concerning the Jews, we, we, worship, we worship God out of our experience. But he now says, well, but the time is coming and that time is now when God is no longer going to be worshipped in a mountain or in a place. He said God will be worshipped where? In truth and where? In spirit. Where does truth and spirit live? Inside a man. It's a man. He said the true worshippers will be those who worship from their heart. Their heart is full of God. God has taken over their heart. And that God that has taken them over will become like living waters that will flow out and reach other people. Remember, that's what Jesus said to that woman. I will give you a water that you will drink and you will never thirst again. And then when that water feeds you, that water will start to flow. That means inside of you becomes a pool of living waters that continues to reach out to other ones. In other words, when you are full of the spirit of God within you, that which is in you will start to manifest to reach other people. And so that when people see you, when they hear you, they hear the voice of your father. What does your father speak? Healing. 
What does your father speak? Your father will never see a man struggling and say to the man, you see, you see, you know, see your life, you know, you know, see what you have done. No, he will touch them and say, peace be still. He will encourage them. He will lift them up. And that's what our father is looking to do through us. Beloved, let's not be deceived. It's easy to understand. This is what, this is the salvation that humanity is looking for. That is the salvation that the whole world is crying for when God becomes real. That means when you hear my voice, you hear the voice of my father. When my hand touches you, it is the spirit of God touching you. When you experience, when you encounter me, you encounter the, the love of God, genuine love of God, real, which is what every human being is looking for. When you encounter me, you encounter the peace of God. You encounter the mercies of God. You encounter the kindness of God. That's what is supposed to be. And that's what humanity needs. That's the only salvation that will save the world. That's the only way this world can be saved when God becomes real. But let me tell you, he will become real in sons of men. Sons of men that become sons of God and they live here as men. When man becomes God, that is the mystery. That is the mystery that the Spirit of God is unveiling, opening my eyes, opening your eyes to see. Look at what's going on today. People can sing, spend hours singing about the love of God, the mercy of God, but it's not in their heart. And because it's not in their heart, they cannot give it out, right? But now when we are full of him, that him which we are with is inside of us, we start to come out. That love becomes tangible. Kindness, mercy, peace becomes tangible. Isn't that what our family families need? Isn't that the what the, our communities need? Isn't that what every humanity, every human being, anywhere, despite their color, shape, or size, isn't that what they need for? That's what they see in in, in the depth of their heart. That's what they are crying for. Just like the Israelites cried in their heart for many years. That's what humanity is crying for. Salvation is coming. And salvation is here. Why? Because the glory of God is here. God is in us. God is becoming man. Son of man. In us, God is being made visible. God is being made real. God is becoming a reality to this world. Amen and amen. I hope this you know, opens up your heart further, you know, and that the, this kingdom continues to expand in you. When you close your eyes and begin to thank God and begin to see yourself that you are an answer to the prayer of many, that God in you, through you, God will wipe the tears of many. Now you, now the kingdom is expanding in you more and more. When you start to see that God needs your body to be able to move this message forward, God needs all that you have to be able to make himself real to those who don't know him. Then the kingdom is expanding further and further in you. I'm going to stop here. Keep us in your prayers. Tomorrow is service and help me to spread the message. For those of you who have received it, I send out a link I sent out a link yesterday. What we are trying to do is to create another online community where all of us can come together. There are different WhatsApp groups that I manage, that I send message to. People in the UK, US, Nigeria, all across uh, Ghana in different places. 
um, if you can, uh, those who, who can, if you can, please uh, use the link and connect so that we all can interact together, get to know one another and get to support one another. Don't forget, don't forget, beloved, that we are, we, our work is to minister to one another, to sharpen one another, to assist one another, to work together as one family. Don't forget one God, one Lord, one master, one spirit. Hallelujah. And please enjoy your weekend, but don't forget that this morning you have been served. Please go ahead and serve many with the same food. Shalom.